A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Hi, welcome back to Swiftish. This is episode eight. We are eight episodes I in. I know, I can't believe it. It's gone by so fast. It has. Like, I was just thinking about how far away November 10th felt when we first heard about it, and now it's less than two it's weeks. It's less than two weeks, and oh, I'm getting ready. We're doing a album release party yes. at my house, and I've started slowly getting packages <laughs> for the party. some great ideas, Some guys. great ideas. Um, hopefully Taylor Swift won't take one of us away. Yeah. <laughs> You know, fly us on her private jet to New York. Oh, yeah, the Taylor event. We will sacrifice the party for you. (laughs) For those people who are just tuning in, we might have some new listeners. The way we run this podcast is we start with some taste-planning. Yeah. And that's basically going through any recent drama or anything. What's been going on in Taylor's world? Exactly. Catching you up. And then we talk about either a song or a music video and we analyze that and just walk you through it yeah. and finally we end it with some tea time cup of tea yeah and that's where you know we do a quick segment where we go over some common misconception of taylor swift yeah or a rumor or some drama that we just need to set the record straight on so sometimes i feel like taste plating and tea <laughs> might go hand in hand but yeah. they will be different yeah we wrap it up nicely <laughs> um taylor is a busy 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 bee I I know this has been a crazy week. It's yeah. been like nonstop. I haven't slept a full night in Ugh. like two weeks. I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> joking. <laughs> um, you know, she's flown from London to Rhode Island to LA, then to Nashville. So five yeah. sessions in about five a week and a half. Sessions. Yeah, she's had a hundred fans each night at her houses, her different houses. The LA one is like a new house that's still under renovation. So she just met five hundred fans in the space of a week. That's crazy. I know. I feel like people have gotten more secretive about the secret sessions as time has gone on. London people were, you know, spilling things she said, just go like putting too much out there, and then now people are just tight lipped. They are, yeah. They are keeping it under wraps. But we've gotten a few little clues here. We have, yes. We've gotten some Taylor approved. Yeah, well, one of them was, uh, I don't love this one, but someone said there wouldn't be any songs about her ex-boyfriends on here because she's so in love with her current boyfriend. Oh. So no, like, Calvin drama, no, like, story behind the Tom relationship. But this is what I, this is what I've been thinking about over and over this week. Possibly because Calvin didn't produce any good work for her. Like, he <laughs> yeah. wasn't a... That's, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Like, when she was in the relationship with Calvin, right. there wasn't anything that she was writing about. Yeah. Like, he wasn't inspiring her to do... That's to be her true. best. Yeah. And, you know, she did have that longer wait, so maybe she has a lot of rough draft songs out there about Calvin and Tom that just... Oh, I'm sure she does, and she's just scrapping them. I know, because she's happy and in love, and so it's like, I get it, it's fine, but it'll be interesting to see what an album that's, you know, she's not singing about past relationships anymore, she's singing about a current one. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and how it compares to those, like, raw songs that were like about like really potent moments in her life that we could puzzle out and now it'll be like oh it's all about joe you know it's all about joe but we're still getting some references with her new work that she's putting yeah, out that's true we, you know we, we think it's all about joe but then she puts out a music video and you're like oh wait there's more to this than meets the <laughs> yeah, eye yeah yeah 
she's messing with us a little bit in how she's presenting it. But but um, do you think that the album will be boring? I don't. I don't know. So this is where it also becomes problematic because some secret sessioners have said "Gorgeous" is the best song on the album, mm-hmm. which I'm just like, oh, like I like it. I like "Gorgeous." I do too. But I want there to be better songs than it. <laughs> I think that there will be. There is that one song where everyone said yeah. that they just bawled the moment it started. Some, like, <laughs> yeah. what was your favorite song off of, well, we both like All Too Well. Mm-hmm. Like, All yeah. Too Well. But <laughs> yeah. there are certain songs that people like off of Red that we don't like That's that spoke true. to them. So yeah, maybe those people right. were in that time period where Gorgeous was the best song for them (laughs) yeah so I think that once we get the music like maybe one song will speak to me and one song will speak to you that's a good perspective I have to keep that in mind because Taylor did like something where one secret sessioner was like you're wrong if you think you know what reputation is going to sound like based off of these three songs which is exciting and also something I could get behind because I do love them but I want I want more you want more I do are you thirsty for (laughs) more I think I mean it's been fun to see a little bit of Taylor come out in the in the secret sessioners Taylor is just so funny I know a lot of people on my personal page I share the ready for it music video Uh and one of my friends commented like I don't know if I like this new Taylor she's so dark and you know edgy and like kind of depressing (laughs) I was like oh no 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 like the quirky Taylor is still there she lives on she lives on yeah she does I know it's been so fun and she's on tumblr she's no longer just liking stuff, making us think it's not her. She's reblogging. She's commenting. She's emoji. Yeah. <laughs> and what I like is that she's not only commenting and liking things about, like, the actual album. Right. She's actually, like, liking random things. Like, someone told her that she needed to go to bed so, everyone, <laughs> yeah. so all the people on Tumblr could sleep. And yeah. she liked that. And it was just, you know, just... I like to see that we're not just getting clues. We're just getting the real Taylor. Yeah. And I think... A lot of people are jaded about it, maybe outside of the fandom, and are like, oh, she's just doing this because it's promotion. And obviously, that is in some ways true, but yeah, she's engaging with fans beyond just like, what do you think of my songs? Mm -hmm. And she was at a session, I guess she told a couple of sessions, actually. She was like, I just want to take the time I usually would have put towards promotion and instead hang out with as many fan of, fans as possible. Which I think is the best kind of promotion. Right. Because, yes, you want to sell your album, so you're going to all these media outlets so that it can get to as many people as possible, but there are more fans of Taylor Swift mm-hmm. than there are media outlets. <laughs> yeah. Like, all this these, is a good way She's creating it. little journalists right now who are all over Tumblr, all over Twitter, all over Instagram, and they are spreading, like, the good, <laughs> yes. good Taylor word. It's been fun to see how engaged she is with the fans and you do see that she is happy like she's funny she's having a good time it isn't this dark depressed taylor that people are maybe interpreting her music to be Mm -hmm. because in reality she's like living her best life and everyone who's seen her met her talked to her is like oh my gosh she's so happy she's the happiest ever yeah also so the main event this week obviously was the ready for it music video oh did that yes i don't know if you're aware but there's a new taylor music video yeah she teased it on like a monday i think and it wasn't coming out till thursday so people were pumped up for it and, and she didn't explicitly say what time it was oh, dropped. No, she was just like, Thursday night. And I was like, oh, maybe it'll be at 8 o'clock. <laughs> it wasn't. It was midnight. So thanks a lot. 
Um, so people were excited about it. There was a lot of drama instantly, but mm. once it came out, the media has been sort of split about it, which is understandable because they play a major role in the story. They are they you know, the big piece of the, it. They're co-starring all of the they inspired music videos. It. Yeah. Yes. And I, so when I watched the music video, I was sort of like, huh, I don't know if anyone outside the fandom will get this, you know? But I was surprised to read a few articles that were like, here's the music video, I'm just reporting on it, this is what happened, this is what fans think, the end. And so, you know, there wasn't a lot of hateful stuff, and then, (laughs) dun dun dun. Oh my gosh. Cosmo comes out of nowhere. (laughs) Cosmo. Cosmo was just... This is Cosmopolitan. This is like the magazine that you go to for sex tips Mm -hmm. and like losing weight. Yeah, you know, get that tight, tight (laughs) body. Like how to make your husband love you for him. You know, the epitome of feminism. Yeah, definitely. So they they're the source of all knowledge, I guess, because they came out of left field with this think piece titled "Now is not the time for Taylor Swift's anti-media message." And I'm like, wait. <laughs> and then they, like, right underneath it says, the media is not her enemy. She is. <laughs> Which, this is just, I read the article, did you? I did. I did it read is, it. It was crazy. It was insane to me. It was insane. And on their Twitter, they tweeted it, like, three or four times in yes. the same day with, like, different um, taglines. Oh, it's because, okay, this piece just was the epitome of clickbait. Like, honestly, it was so ill-conceived and illogical, and it was just something you don't expect from Cosmo, really, at all. It doesn't fit they their genre. They really don't get political. <laughs> yeah, never. I mean, unless it's talking about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me, I'll yeah. read the quote, and then you stop me when you want to yes. put your two cents in. Yeah, this is a good So quote. we're going to dress it down, and it, it begins, part of it says, This past summer, Taylor got a ton of well-deserved good press for delivering a powerful, unflinching testimony in her sexual assault trial. Okay, so... This whole, like, petulant, we said something nice about her, so why is she being mean to us, is just nonsense because the support came when they had to admit that how she handled herself at the trial was pretty impressive, but everything leading up to that was they were making fun of her for her constant suing of people. There were a bunch of but grabbing jokes when people were going to the Taylor Swift exhibit in New York. Yeah. And, like, grabbing her, like, mannequin body. Yeah, yeah, no, it was insane. And so this idea of well-deserved good press is just, it wasn't that much support, honestly, and it just gets better from here. (laughs) But Taylor doesn't focus on the good, and neither do her fans. She wants to stomp out the dissent, the criticism, the possibility that she is anything but perfect. This has been Taylor's M.O.'s for years. <laughs> it's just, it's so crazy to me that this is a continuous critique of Taylor. I don't know where this idea that Taylor refuses to ever admit fault came oh, from, like, hey, at all. First of all, there are so many clips of her falling right on her butt while yeah. she is performing, and I'm like, <laughs> is that perfection? Yeah. <laughs> She's quirky, but I would, yeah. I don't know. And it's like, she has apologized for things. She's you know, people were like, wow, she doesn't believe in feminism. And then she came out and said, I misunderstood. Now I am a feminist. And then people are like, wow, you came at Nikki for this. And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. And I talked to Nikki I about was wrong. It. It's like, wow, she does admit fault, maybe. And also, I resent the idea that her fans don't 
focus on the good because this fandom is very positive. Yeah, you know? they are. I think I think that they just want clickbait. Yes, That's my they problem. do because it goes, it gets better. <laughs> but in 2017, it's no longer just wearing thin; it's downright dangerous. <laughs> like, it's just so rich coming from cosmopolitan. Like, yes. I just can't get over it. You know, right along a piece that like basically tells you how to give a blowjob. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who else do we know who's obsessed with good press, who constantly <laughs> blasts the media for inventing stories and creating their own narrative? Oh, right. The president. <laughs> I the like... I president. I rolled my eyes so hard when I got to this part in the article because it's like, honestly, if Cosmo thinks that they're who Trump is referring to when he's blasting the fake news, it's like... He probably is more likely to trust Cosmo than oh like, my gosh, yes, and <laughs> he's blasting CNN, New York Times, yeah, like the opposite journalism, <laughs> the opposite of what Taylor's blasting. Yeah, exactly. And Joseph Kahn came to Taylor's defense. As Joseph he does. Kahn, I love him. He's great. He gets it because he tweeted at Cosmo, equating Taylor with Trump and your blog as important is quite a reach. You're a gossip magazine. You are media, yeah, but you aren't journalism. Journalism is important and vital. Mean-spirited, hit-whoring gossip crap, nah. Mm. <laughs> I was like, yes, thank yes. you. Like, it's just, that's exactly the point. It's like, Cosmo is not getting it, and they're trying so hard to seem more important than they are. Because they're not. they aren't even, like, they're not even music critics. Like, that's the thing. It's like, why are they bothering with this? It's just, it was crazy. And then Bustle came out bustle, and jumped bustle, on bustle. the train. And they said, Taylor Swift blaming the media for her reputation isn't a reinvention, it's a retreat. Swift blaming the media or anyone else for her reputation isn't so much killing off the old Taylor as it is beating a dead horse. And if anything, it reinforces, if not outright proves, the criticisms that have long trailed her. It's just so deliciously ironic that Cosmo and Bustle are trying to be all serious by picking on Taylor about Taylor saying she's always picked on, you know? <laughs> and they're like, they're the type of media that Taylor's referring to. Exactly. Taylor isn't out there saying like, New York Times and Times Magazine shouldn't be reporting on this or that in the political atmosphere. She's just saying, guys, can you give me a rest? Like, I'm sick of your little games. Let me breathe. <laughs> But, like, why do you have to bring politics into it? Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's insane. It, people keep trying to tell Taylor that she must be a Trump supporter. And I just, I think she has to be laughing it off at this point because... Shaking it off. Yeah, shaking it off. Because no matter what she does, people will come out of left field with these crazy claims. And it has been done. It will continue to be done because this is the whole point, right? This is the point of the Ready For It music video. It's the point of Look What You Made Me Do. It's that... People are criticizing Taylor for these unrealistic expectations they've put on her. And I think a lot of people... <laughs> I'm going to start ranting. I can't help it. No, I'm, I'm giving you your time. This is like a therapy session for us it right is, now. It is. Tell me how you feel. Yes. How okay. does this make you feel, Shelby? I will <laughs> be your you. therapist. Yes, I need this because it's one I've been dealing with since I've come out as like a hardcore Taylor fan is everyone critiquing, everyone saying like, Shelby, just because someone criticizes Taylor doesn't automatically mean it's sexist. It doesn't automatically mean it's misogynistic. And that is true. There are valid complaints mm -hmm. about Taylor. 
there are valid complaints I've had about Taylor and whether or not she's acknowledged those or moved past them is like a topic for another day Mm -hmm. because what I'm talking about and what her ready for it music video you need this you guys need this context to understand the music video which we'll get to (laughs) so there's this idea that it's okay for the media to lambast and criticize female artists more often than men you get a bunch of all these gossip magazines talking about their weight, their mm-hmm. possible pregnancies, their who they're dating their and why. Their eating disorders. Yeah, yeah. They're in their lives constantly, and women aren't allowed to be upset or frustrated about it because women are seen as overreactive or overemotional. They're seen as exaggerating problems or exacerbating problems, and there's this idea that if a woman complains, <laughs> the first instinct is to sort of Mm, maybe mistrust it yeah Yeah. and you don't get that same thing with 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 men men, no you don't don't. like justin bieber he's had some faults of his own and of course the media reports on it but then they forget about it the next day they're not continually looking into his life yeah they're not bringing it up when he does something else again whereas oh classic justin look what he's doing (laughs) they're not doing that but with taylor it's they're doing that and it's because it's i mean i think the problem is that we, as a general public, we build people up just to tear them down. And I think when you reach some, when you reach the level of Taylor Swift where you seem unstoppable, you seem untouchable, it just becomes fun to pick and poke at the exterior to see what sort of drama you can create. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's just look at the stories the media has hounded her for that caused oh, This no. could take, like, five episodes to <laughs> Yeah, <go. laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. So we'll try and be brief, because we do have a music video to get into. We do. But, um, I mean, these are just common misconceptions, right? You have the idea that Taylor Swift is boy crazy. Mm. And this has been since she came onto the field, you know, because she writes love songs. songs. She yeah. does. That's what she's been known for. Yeah, she was a girl who was... She's a romantic. And that's what our fans like about her. Yeah. And honestly, I was a huge romantic freak in my <laughs> teenage years. In your heyday? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, if you saw uh, my mm. diary, it's like I was obsessed with people I spent 20 seconds with. Yeah, you people know? who I talked to, who I went to high school with, like 10 years later, they're like, oh, are you so boy crazy? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I was known for in like high school was being like, the boy crazy girl. Yeah, so just magnify that on a global scale. Everyone watching this... me, every single thing I, <laughs> thing I do and say. Yeah, and so you have this media's perception of Taylor, which is that she's boy crazy. In reality, she's had eight boyfriends oh. in the span of her 28 years, you know? And those she has had to deal since, I guess, maybe her second album. So let's say she was 18. Mm-hmm. She goes on any talk show, any interview. She goes online. Who and are you dating? Yeah, there's... Yeah. Oh, look at who Taylor Swift has dated. There's so many out there. They even went to the stretch that she's dating Carly. Yeah, her they're best like, oh, friend Carly. Yeah. And there's things like if she went out to dinner with like Corey Monteith, they are dating. She had that movie with Zach Efron. They're, they're dating. dating. They would be a great couple. Yeah. <laughs> making ba- beautiful babies. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's just, it's insane the level of. I don't know, bias and opinion that the media has put on to Taylor so successfully that people who aren't hardcore fans believe it. Mm-hmm. I have friends who are like, well, Taylor does date a lot. And it's like, eight boyfriends? That's not a lot. <laughs> I dated a lot. Yeah. I feel like that's what your 20s are for. Yeah. And the other thing is, it 
so be it. Like, yeah. honestly, who cares? who cares? A guy can go on all these dates, first dates, second dates, date around, and they won't be criticized right. for it. So Taylor John Dott. Mayer. Oh, yeah. He's a notorious player. Yes. People do write articles about it, but I don't feel like people are still talking about it. They're oh, like, no. oh, that's John Mayer. Right. John Mayer, George Clooney, any of these high-profile men who... Or Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, especially It's, like, him. sexy and cool. And that's the other persona the media has put on Taylor is that she's this man-eater and so you know like we talked about everyone thinks any relationship that ended must be Taylor's fault because she's clingy and needy and annoying and desperate and emotional which in itself is a sexist idea that if a woman cares too much She's just asking to be mistreated, which is just unfair. Yeah, it is. And you guys all need to listen to Dear John and see what m- emotional manipulation looks like. <laughs> <laughs> she got this I- She got this label of being a man-eater because her songs explored a lot of different relationships. So on one album, she could have six songs about six different guys. Mm-hmm. And so the media was like, oh, well, she just runs through these dudes and, and then they do something mean and then she's suddenly over them and crying about it and runs on to the next thing. I mean, the other thing, too, is that one date could inspire a song. Yeah. Like one glance at someone across the room can yes. inspire a song. It a doesn't necessarily song. mean that everything in that song are facts. Right. It could just be an embellished version. Yeah. And then, let's see, another common misconception on Taylor... Oh, watch out, boy. She's going to write a song about you. And it's like, this is the, this is the one that bothers me probably the most. Because, Why? like we said, all these guys do the same mm-hmm. thing. All these girls do the same thing. You just had Demi Lovato release her new album. There are some really personal songs on there. And There's everyone's like a lot of loving juicy songs. it. Everyone yeah. is like, you know, just raising her up for being, you know, this person who's just putting her soul out right. there. Right. Taylor Swift does the same thing. Yeah. So why... Like, it's there's so a double odd. standard. Yeah. Like, especially with men, though, because Harry Styles, he writes songs about his past yeah. Ed Sheeran, who I love oh, Ed yeah. Sheeran, he does the same thing. Yes. But, you know, when they say that, you know, guys do it, it's, it's like, mature. Yeah. And it's... Yeah. Justin Bieber, mm. Joe Jonas. I don't think Justin Bieber writes his own songs. <laughs> That's true. But even, like, John Mayer wrote a song about Taylor and not only that, he wrote a song about Jessica Simpson and how her body is oh, a wonderland. That's true. <laughs> and people loved that song. And he was basically singing about like yeah. Jessica Simpson's naked body yeah. that's turning him on. I, people did not give him criticism over that. I know, it's just insane. If Taylor did that. Oh yeah. They'd be like, Wow, Taylor, what a slut. Like yes. get over it. It's yeah. just it's crazy that there's this double standard and even more than that, there's this weird dislike of how exactly Taylor does it because somehow it's different than Selena Gomez coming out with songs about Justin Bieber and getting standing ovation and I'm not saying I think everyone should be able to write about their songs you're not saying don't do it it's just saying if they can do it why can't Taylor do it and it's like that is Taylor's job she's a songwriter she's gonna write from personal experience like so talk about the music talk about the song and sure talk about the relationship but don't hate on Taylor for pulling from personal relationship. So the media has this perception that she's a man-eater. They also have this perception mm. that she's too prude and proper she's a good and good. bad for feminism. It's like... But why, why is that bad for feminism? I know. I don't get it. It's like there's this weird idea that the only way to be a feminist in today's world is to be Beyonce and Ariana Grande, Fifth Harmony, and that's owning your body and displaying it on your terms which 
is a great growth in the female progression. So I do have to say, like, Taylor Swift does wear short shorts, crop tops, but because her legs are so long and she's so thin, it's not as provocative. Right. So if you put Beyonce in it, same thing that Taylor Swift's wearing, it'll be provocative. Yeah. So you just also have to run into that issue, too, that maybe... Like, Taylor Swift being provocative isn't coming off because that's <laughs> yeah. not the media standards yeah. for, like, a luscious woman. Yeah, Taylor has said she doesn't feel like a like a sexy person. Like, she doesn't feel like a... A pinup girl. Yeah. And I think this has followed her throughout her career because, you know, you had the criticisms we went over with You Belong With Me where people are like, oh, she has the whore and angel, mm-hmm. like, dichotomy here. She's saying that if you're slutty, if you're... If you're provocative, then you don't deserve good things. And mm. and I just think that's totally not what Taylor's doing. Taylor is owning her life how she wants to. And that, my friends, is what feminism is. So <laughs> let's just let that one go. But that's the thing. People look at Taylor and they think, wow, she's just like this goody two-shoes. She's a but, bad feminist. So they do say she's a goody two-shoes, but I also hear that she is a very mean girl. I know. That's the weird thing. I I, I do. I, I ran to someone at a dog park, and I started talking about Taylor Swift, as I do in dog parks, and they're like, oh, I don't like her. I heard that she did X, Y, and Z. She's so mean. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot out there that that's painting Taylor as this mean girl, and that's ignoring so much of the good that Taylor has done, and that she does quietly, mm-hmm. you know? Like... I think she's been named, like, the most charitable charitable celebrity celebrity, for, like, five years. Something that she recently did in the secret sessions that, like, made me, like, tear up. So this fan had uh, messaged her saying that she was pregnant. I don't know if she went into any details behind the pregnancy. Maybe she... I think she had said they had been trying to get pregnant for a while. And then during the photos... Because she went to the secret session. Yeah, she went to the secret session. During the photos, like, she was like, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. And then the girl started, like, bawling with telling her that she had these miscarriages and she doesn't know, like, if this pregnancy is going to happen because of complications. And then Taylor, you know, the girl thought that maybe Taylor was just saying stuff to say stuff, but Taylor was basically like, we're going to get you a doctor, we're going to get this checked out, we're going to make sure that you're all right. And, you know, that, like, warmed her heart, but she didn't know if Taylor was going to do anything about it. A hundred people were there, like, who would have, like... It, no, she would have been mad at Taylor if she didn't remember. Yeah. The next day, she gets an email with, like, the doctor information. She called the doctor. She was asking, like, price-wise. And the doctor was like, no, don't worry about it. It's all been covered. Oh, and so those are things that, chills. like, you know, like, Taylor's publicity team isn't putting it out there. The, like, if yeah. that wouldn't have gone around, Taylor wouldn't have cared at all. She's yeah. doing all of these things from the bottom of her heart. Right. Maybe she doesn't like everybody, and maybe she has some <laughs> spats with people, but yeah. I feel like she's still, like, a genuinely nice person. Right. You're not, like, I don't like everybody. Everybody doesn't <laughs> like me. It's fine. Yeah. People and don't get along. Exactly, because I think this comes from the, you know, you had Katy Perry. Mm. When Taylor Swift released Bad Blood, Katy Perry tweets, like, beware Regina George, and that that is a juicy story, right? So, like, it's understandable people ran with it and, like, thought of all the drama behind the story. But to just take that one story and decide Taylor is a mean person, whereas Katie somehow isn't? Like, mm. it's just weird. I don't... You. Uh, this is what I think the media... And I don't know. So... 
talking to Taylor about it, Taylor won't talk about it. Yeah. She said one thing, she stopped talking about it. She didn't even it. say names. But the reason why I think they're on Katie's side is because Katie talks about it. She talks and talks and talks <laughs> about talks it. So and much. they want to hear more. So Most wh- notably during her album cycle. Yes. So just FYI. Exactly. <laughs> so like, why do they want to, you know, block out Katy Perry when she's going to give yeah. it the, the dirt and the exactly. juice? Exactly. Yeah. Cause, and then you also had the Kanye incidents mm. and... People, even before the famous gate, you had the VMA situation, which we talked about again in the You Belong With Me episode, where people just thought, wow, Taylor, why don't you get over it? Why haven't you forgiven him or whatever? Why are you still talking about this? Whereas Kanye was still talking about it, but Taylor was suddenly the mean girl. Yeah, Taylor was the petty one. Taylor was the immature one. Taylor was the mean one who wouldn't forgive this poor guy who apologized one time and then took it back two years later. And then you have the Famous Gate, which, again... I love that it's called Famous Gate. I know. Which is, there were problems with how Taylor handled it, and I think that is fine. But I think this idea that she should have just rolled over and allowed him to call her a bitch, or whatever it is she was upset with, that those were invalid feelings, like, that is unfair to Taylor, and that's something the media puts on her, is this idea that... She's a mean girl. She causes all these problems and then plays the victim. And it's just based on absolutely nothing. We don't nothing. know all the facts for that, yeah, that phone call. Exactly. We didn't hear the whole thing. We saw snips and pieces of the receipts. Which, again, was during Kim Kardashian's showtime. So, yeah. <laughs> like, these people are milking the same situation, but Taylor is somehow the one who isn't letting go. And then I would say the next and final perception the media has of Taylor is that she is a greedy, fake, calculated And that girl. is why she's giving all of her money away to <laughs> yeah. charities and to people yeah. who, who need it. And not just, like, not just any charities. They're charities for women and LGBT groups and, like, she's reaching out to fans who've yeah. been homeless or paying, paying off, off their student, student loans. loans. Yeah. yeah. It's and like, she's donating, she's donated quite a bit of money to Hurricane Harvey efforts. Yeah. And that's, that's what we know. We don't know where else she's putting her money. Some exactly. people might have just not reported on it. Right. And I think this one, this, uh, this Taylor Swift is greedy comes from the way people talked about her Spotify and Apple Um, shenanigans earlier in 2014 because she took her music off Spotify and she said it was because they don't pay artists well. And people were like, wow, Taylor, do you you really need an extra penny? You have so much money. You're the leading woman, like the richest (laughs) music. Yeah. Yeah. And then with Apple, she was like, I'm not going to let my music be on here unless you pay artists. It's not for me. It's for the indie ones. And everyone was like, oh, sure, Taylor. Like, yeah, you're just so, you're just so money hungry. But the interesting thing is, the indie artists, those small artists, were all so Thankful. grateful. Yeah. yeah. They tweeted their support of it. Well, the one thing that's interesting is if you go back and look at the Look What You Made Me Do video, mm-hmm. so she's robbing this vault because <laughs> yeah. it has money, but you see her, she has money, and the money is she's burning that money that's in yeah. her hand. And when you, you see them walking out of the vault, she has no money. All the little people behind her have the money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like there is this perception that she is doing things because she's greedy and controlling. She sues fans and Oh she... gosh, I hope she doesn't sue us for using her signature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she copyrights her lyrics and people are like, wow, why is she doing this? Like, what a piece of work. But it's like, she's she thinks her work is valuable and she's Obviously protecting it. Obviously it is. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like... And, 
I think that's that should be something we admire about a woman, a female business person who recognizes her value and demands that. And yet somehow it's vilified for Taylor, which is just so frustrating. So frustrating. <laughs> so we do. We we have a Taylor has a lot of beef with the media, I'd say. Like you just look at her rising career and it's punctuated by these They want to throw ideas. rocks at glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, she's been singled out as problematic over and over again for things her peers do, for things we should celebrate, for misconstrued ideas of what she's been up to. And I think that is what Taylor is referencing in this new music video, Mm. you know? People have refused to take her seriously as an artist. They see her as a gossip piece. They don't talk about her music. They talk about her personal life. And in some ways, she's asked for that because she writes about her personal life. But if you're going to talk about her personal life, you have to analyze her music, mm-hmm. her art, her work. So, Ready For It is the first single off of Reputation. It's arguably a love song, and I was expecting something much more shiny and that romantic. there was going to be a Joe-esque, beautiful yeah. man. So I thought it was going to be like Wildest Dreams. You right. Know, just more of like a story, and you see like the the love sh- Yeah, like sexy and yeah, romantic. Yeah, sexy and romantic. I didn't expect... This robotic <laughs> cyborg future esque yeah, music video. Yeah, it was it was unexpected for sure. It was unexpected, and we watched it together and we live streamed <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. So, oh. how did you feel about it? I, I, to be honest with you, and I think we talked about this when I was watching the music video. I forgot that the music was going <laughs> there on. Were words. Yeah, I forgot there that there were, were words. I forgot that there were lyrics. I was just trying to like take it all in. And afterwards, it was so much to take in, and I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was a masterpiece, but I didn't quite understand it. Yeah, I was sort of underwhelmed, I guess. I I mean, I had been so excited for it. When I saw the teaser, I was like, whoa, this is unexpected, but I am ready for her to take on this beast. And then the music video was over really fast, I felt like. I, like, was over in the flash of like yeah. I blinked my eyes and it was over I wanted more yeah it felt sort more. of it felt like at first like a little unfinished or like incomplete like I was like oh like I want more of the story maybe and so I was a little yeah underwhelmed maybe and I was like oh is this gonna be like out of the woods for me like I just will never really like it but we've watched it again, and in studying for this, I've watched it quite a few so, times. Like, on slow-mo, yeah. zoomed in. Yeah. I, I like it. I know. We, we had to watch it again, too, yeah. the first night, where yeah. we were like, we don't even know. I was know. like, I need to I need to look at what's this. going on. Yeah. So I think we should get into it, because I think, I know a couple of people reached out to me and have been like, I need you to explain what yes. just happened. I, <laughs> Yes. So, so let's just shall. start. Well, so the music video opens with a beautiful, just effervescent Taylor yes. wearing all black, looking badass, and just ready to kill. So the opening scene is she's she's looking at the camera, and then you see mm-hmm. her eyes flicker. Yeah, there's like... So Joseph Kahn had warned us. He was like, this is very illusion-rich, you know, paying homage to sci-fi films and animes. So with the eye, that was like Blade Runner, where that's how, like, real humans can tell the robots Mm -hmm. apart, was that their eyes would actually sort of glitch like that. So immediately you're kind of distrusting. Yeah, Yeah. you distrust this, like, Taylor in black as she 
walks through the <laughs> looking like a badass street. like and it's really interesting because there are all these um guards yes just lined up against the way and they have like these yeah. four eyes and so <laughs> you know that if she's in cahoots with these like evil looking robots like right. you you don't you don't trust her yeah like, but how many were there there were eight <laughs> yes and does that signify anything yeah, well, that's how many exes she's had. So this is a fun part of the music video because there's a lot of details. In such in a the... short time. Yeah. It's in within one verse. Yeah, it's just packed in there. There's just, you pass a wall, there's something there. Well, so. like, you, the first scene, it opens up and you see in graffiti, mm-hmm. 8991. Yeah. Where people are like, okay, it could be, like, paying homage to 1989. Yeah. Because that's the year she was born. But she was born in 89 and... Joe was born in 91. Oh, so, so cute. There's that, too. So he is featured in their so love song. <laughs> we already know. Do you remember there are all, all those articles being like, what is this song about? Oh, yeah. Is it about Harry? Right. Is it about <laughs> Joe? Which one? She answers yeah. it within, like, the first couple seconds. <laughs> yeah. Joe. Yeah. Duh, that's she what we've been telling know. you. I know. And then if you zoom in, there's a keypad. And I might be, like just grasping for it but it's some of the keypads are dark some of them are like have the dark and white and it goes through like a color um fading in and out and I was like oh that's like an eclipse Uh I was like okay I was like I can see that yeah I'm I'm just thinking any little thing in this music video has to mean something. But <laughs> that's what Taylor does to us because there does. are hidden figures. She literally has Chinese symbols throughout the place, and they they say things like there's one that says future, one she that sees says the future with Joe, yeah, reputation, mm, her and album name Joseph. Okay, that could be Joseph Khan, or mm-hmm. that can be Joe. Yeah. So I'm thinking Joseph, both. though, because he had tweeted yeah, he it out. worked on it. He yeah. worked on it. <laughs> he deserves his baby. His and then there was um, Love. Yes. Forever. Yes. There's also Year of the Snake, which is a nice nod to the When was she drama. born? She was born in the Year of the Snake, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. No, she was 1989. She was, yeah. Which is so relevant. Who yeah. would have known <laughs> yeah. that when Kim Kardashian was, like, doing all those snake yeah. emojis, that... I feel it like all this aligned. is. I feel like this was like. So it could be like a dig at Kim and Kanye, yeah. but more relevantly and more importantly, she was born yeah, in the year of the snake. Yeah, and and it's Taylor's adopting the snake persona because again, the media has put this perception on her. You know, that's what they see her as. So she's like, fine. You also have, you know, a few oh, English graffiti yes. words out there. You know, her favorite number, 13. Yes, that always makes an appearance. Do you think that she could have a song titled 13? I don't know. Someone, I think, said that once. Yeah. I don't know what it'd be about or, like, what it would... I, I mean, mean, she's leaving us guessing with everything, yeah, so... We don't know anything. There could be a song, 13. <laughs> yeah, because then you also have All Eyes Are On Us, You're Gorgeous. Um, She just released... Gorgeous. I know, and I love you in secret. So some people think these are all song There's also titles. Then illusion. There's one oh that's yeah. illusions. Maybe they're all song titles. Maybe she just gave us the. <laughs> and then there is a graffiti that I haven't I haven't seen it, but a lot yeah. of people have been posting about it that says Eddie. Okay. And I'm like, why? What Eddie? So maybe Ed Sheeran is featured on the album or maybe help write a song. That could be a possibility. Has she ever called Ed Eddie? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I really need to dig into the Eddie, but that's strange. Yeah, so there is a lot. There's another one 
um, it's, and you'll see it, I think when she's walking to, down the hall to her right, there is a heart with mm-hmm. a crown on it. So basically the king of hearts. And oh. I looked into this a little bit. I saw someone had, you know, they posted this and they said that unlike a helpless romantic, the king of hearts doesn't think that like some white knight's going to come and, you know, save him or mm-hmm. save her. They've, uh, they've lived and they've died and they've been through it all. And the king of hearts symbolizes rebirth after a tragic love. And, you know, they return, they master love with more self-respect. Wow, so look at that. She's, like, respecting herself. She's yeah. found this love, and she... She's the king of hearts. She's the queen of hearts. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is that in three spots throughout the hallway, there's um, the phrase, this is enough, which I think... She thinks she's just, like, she's over just it. over it. She's like, guys, this is it. And so, this is where the music video, like, really, really starts. Finally, like, all this, like... You're, you're like, what's tension, going on? Yeah. What's going on? And then she goes to the door yes. with a keypad. Yeah, and she unlocks the door. So the first thing you she see... She types in 2-1. It, so it <laughs> zooms into 2-1. Yeah. And so obviously that's like paying homage to the day that Joe was that's born. That's his birthday. Yeah. But then it zooms out. Right. And she presses two other numbers. We, You didn't... I didn't, you didn't see catch that, that. I you really didn't, didn't. You didn't catch that. But then if you... Um, my you showed me, My yeah. computer lets me zoom in. <laughs> yeah. And she presses two other numbers she does she does she sneakily what does she press 2186 2186 and if you notice the keypad doesn't go one two three four five six it goes one two three four six five I don't know why that's it right but she ends up pressing you know 2186 and if you google 2186 you'll see that that is the date of a solar eclipse that is supposed to be the longest total (laughs) eclipse for thousands of years. Whoa. It's supposed to last seven wow. minutes. I'm like, could we have a seven minute song on the track? So. <laughs> like maybe I'm just looking too much into this. This is what happens. We just become fangirls. And, and like then, and then you just look ridiculous. Yeah. And, like when the actual stuff comes out and you listen to the episode and you're yeah. like, you're like not whoa. It. Reaching. But no, I think she does she does you convinced me she does press two one eight six. I have no idea what it means, but she did announce her album during the eclipse. Mm-hmm. And Joseph Kahn tweeted again about Taylor Swift blocking out the sun. So there's been a few allusions to the eclipse. Even in this music Even video. Even in this music video. We just said two. Yes. there's still another one. <laughs> yeah. So then um, the song goes, in the middle of the night, in my dreams, you should see the things we do. And the, the doors open. doors opening. Yeah. And you see a t- caged Taylor in a glass box. Yes. So suddenly there's two tailors in the room. One of them's caged and one of them is in all black marching forward. And she's singing to her, you should see the things we do. Yes. Because they're kind of a, a team, even if not a willing right. team. Yeah. One, one does one thing, one it reflects her. on the other. Yeah, exactly. So I think the glass cage represents like the invisible standards and norms that you know society puts on celebrities. Yeah. You, know, you do the promos, you do the interviews, you date. People are always expecting you to like put your life out yeah. there. Yeah, and it's like Taylor has felt trapped by the media's perception of her. We just went over a few of these reputations she hasn't been able to shake. She's been put in a box and categorized and people have labeled her and that's that. That's the end of story. She can't ever say anything to get to change that perception. Which kind of like relates because she's crouching and when she slowly rises you see her in this like mannequin-esque Mm-hmm. body just totally and <laughs> yeah. if you put a mannequin on display yeah in like an abandoned mall yeah, yeah. exactly so, yeah. that <laughs> it is very mannequin-esque mm-hmm. and 
it's interesting because the real Taylor in the box, she has her curly hair and her minimal makeup, and the robot Taylor has the straight hair and the red lips, and so it's interesting the way, you know, this sort of reflects how Taylor has felt, like, she kind of changes herself to fit in the type more often than not. She's admitted that she's insecure about her natural curly hair. Which is and, beautiful. Which is so I, like, want to get a perm. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the camera pans over behind the hooded Taylor, and there's this weird glitch where we see the cage Taylor turn into this, like, weird alien being. Like, honestly, yeah. guys, this is, like, a split second. You miss it the first two yeah, times you watch. I, I mean, I don't know, because it, it was showing it from, like, the robot's perspective. Mm. So maybe that's how, like, maybe she sees the mannequin. Yeah, just totally alien. And as an alien and foreign and, like, just kind of gross and, like, people aren't going to understand this right. one. And then it goes back to the, the um, hooded tailor, and she says are you ready for it? And she snarls. Yes, it's such a sick she look. She does that, like, Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Elvis lip raising. She does. And then there's this, like, flash of their faces superimposed on one another. It's like the bass drops, you have that dun, 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 and they're kind of switching back and forth, and it feels like these lines that have been drawn between fact and fiction, real and fake, and you don't really know which one you're looking at and which one is who and who. Are they both real? Are they both robots? You don't know. <laughs> you don't know because you also then see like a little like snake glitch yeah. go up the uh, Taylor, the real Taylor, the cyborg yeah. Taylor. You see it go up her face. I know. You're like, what? I is know. That? And you're just great. questioning reality right there. <laughs> yeah. And then like they show him. I think it's in this scene where you're looking and there's they're facing each other, mm-hmm. like dark and light, mm-hmm. kind of like the moon and the sun, oh. and then it goes back and forth to their yeah. faces, so that could be, like... They're eclipsing. Like, she's eclipsing yeah. him, like, the evil Taylor out. Like, maybe that's what this is going to be all about. <laughs> the real Taylor. Yes! And the... So the Taylor in black is singing most of the songs. She sings all of the songs, basically. And she sings to the cage Taylor, telling, telling her, her her plans. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, this is how I'm going to ruin your reputation. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to unveil a robber. You know, she he said she says me. I was a robber. First time that he saw me, man eater. Yep, stealing hearts and running off, never saying sorry. Boy, crazy and a victim. Yes, he can join the heist and we'll move to an island. Greedy, Greedy. and controlling. Yep. She even says Burton to this Taylor, where she yeah. motions at herself, and I was like oh, wow, this takes on a whole new meaning, like, says Burton to this Taylor. So now that we know there's two Taylors, right. basically it's like, I'm going to make you look bad. Like, yeah. I'm going to be that Taylor who, yeah, like, who get, you know, joins the heist and right. robs and takes hearts and, yeah, you know, and never saying sorry. Problem. Yeah. Exactly. And so the but, only thing the cage Taylor sings oh. is... Jailer. When she is she morphing like, up. Screams it. She's yeah. putting on all of these, like the armor that she thinks she's gonna need to right. fight off this evil tailor, and she screams jailer yeah. at the evil tailor. Yeah, so we know they're not friends. And then as the evil tailor on the outside singing about this, the cage tailor is clearly getting more and more frustrated and enraged and she she builds up this armor, yeah. she like shoots her powerful weapon arm at her, tries to like blow up the cage and can't and um, throughout this, you just see the dark Taylor just looking unfazed. She's sort of just... She's, like, looking at her nails, yeah. like, oh, you're going <laughs> like, to blast the cute. wall. Yeah. Cute, honey. That's yeah. so cute. You have, like, a couple different 
variations of Taylor in the box that we go through. You mm-hmm. have the Robocop with this <laughs> sci-fi arm thing. How does she make Robocops look so sexy? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, she still looks yeah. so good. She's giving a lot of tour costume ideas. That's, <laughs> that's yes. the good news. That's going to be hard to pull off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see them. But it's sort of reminiscent of Taylor trying to defend herself, but feeling like anything she says is just turned against but her. But it just and she like comes win. right back at yeah. her. And then you have Taylor on this white horse. Mm-hmm. Which is what does white white horse? You know, well, we've she, seen this a couple of times, haven't yeah, we? At least two other times about white horse. Yes. And she says, "I'm not a princess. This ain't a fairy tale. It's too late for you and your white horse." So it's a song all about wishing a guy could come and rescue her, and he can't. And so this is her saying, "She's on okay, the white horse." Yeah, I've got my own white horse. I'll do this on my own. Thank you very much. You no, know, it kind of also, if you remember, fearless is when the media started really looking into yeah. her life. Yeah, the so drama she's she's of it. on this horse, and it's kind of like people are starting to pick out who she's dating and mm-hmm. who she's doing this, and that's when she kind of like got a name for herself right and then right after she's on the horse you see her you know she's being lifted up with all of these lights just everywhere around her you know like they're just so fascinated by her life and that's when she, like, mm-hmm. she thought that you know the media that's loved she thought, her yeah she was riding the hide. it was mm-hmm. like the 1989 era she thought she'd made it yeah. out of the woods because around well around the fearless time yeah. that's when the glass cage started being built right it's just very interesting it is and then so you, she's floating in space with oh my gosh. beautiful twinkle lights. Which reminded me of, and you had said in the live video, of the wristbands in 1989 yeah. all around like, the, the arena. That Who was, knows that's And she's that just was. looking like amazed and awed like she does in the concerts. Yes. Then the evil Taylor is sort of watching her and then she's like, are you ready for it? She touches she touches it. the wall. Boom. Taylor drops to the ground. Just Immediately. Falls. And it's very, very reminiscent of the out of the woods where she falls to the ground there. It's like nearly a parallel image. And in I Knew You Were in Trouble where she wakes up in a daze lying on the cold, hard ground. Mm-hmm. So this is a spot Taylor keeps finding herself in and she thinks she's made it out. She thinks she's good. But then something comes along that just sweeps the rug out from under her and she's cut down again. But then she stands up. Then she stands up. Yeah, so this is where... She was defeated. She was on the floor. She felt like she tried everything. But then she picks herself up, and she doesn't have any armor this time. She's just raw and bare in this nude suit. And she stands up, and she just loses it. She Mm. just starts channeling all this lightning, and it's just wild to watch. And I immediately thought of, this is what you came for. This isn't the first time (laughs) we've seen lightning. Like, when she promoed Ready For It, there was Mm -hmm. a lightning within, like, the the video she promoed. And then when you look at the cover art for This Is What You Came For, there's a tree with lightning just striking the ground. Yeah, so it looks similar. And I don't think it's necessarily a petty reference. I think it's her saying... Well, she wrote she the song, wrote the so song. she relates to the yeah. song. Yeah, and she hid that she wrote the song, but now she's like, I'm pretending I don't control my own life. Like, I'm over it. And mm-hmm. then she she just screams. And so then... And she takes back her own narrative right yes. here. Which is... It just she moves finally, you. She finally, like, talks. Because then she walks towards the evil Taylor, the Taylor in black, and both of them face each other. 
and they are singing touch me and you'll never be alone so it's like can they escape each other is this like are they always going to be stuck with one another and then the real taylor screams Mm -hmm. and it matches the background track which i love because i'm always listening to the different layers on a taylor song yeah there's because she puts so many yeah she sings all the pieces and so it's almost like i think it feels natural that the real taylor who's always felt in the background always felt like she hasn't been heard or recognized, she's now the one who's screaming and drawing all the attention to herself. Mm-hmm. And she, at this time, her hand is on the glass yeah. wall, and so is the evil Taylor's yeah. hands on the glass wall. So they're kind of like interconnected. And so when she screams, yeah, they have but... like this amazing scene. <laughs> yes, because the glass just shatters. It yes. just takes out the evil Taylor completely. And her face starts melting off, and you realize she's been the robot one the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. She's been the one who's been controlling the narrative. Yeah. And the fake Taylor, she's like, she's the one who isn't real. And so it's great because I think this is what Taylor means, right? Like, we're reading way into this right now. So much. So Taylor liked this post um, about the evil Tay the other day. And what the person said was, but what I love about it is that in a way, evil Taylor helps to free the real Taylor that's trapped by her image. Mm -hmm. The media's negative portrayal of her led to finally bursting through and destroying the negative Taylor in order to show who she really is. It's like, if it weren't for all the horrible things that they've said about her, all the drama, she wouldn't have been strong enough to right. finally destroy this like this image, that this fake Taylor, who yeah. she really is. So it was just kind of like, they thought that they were belittling her and destroying her, but what they were really doing was building her building up. Her up. <laughs> and so she breaks out in this powerful way, and what I love is it doesn't just take out the robot Taylor, it takes out all the eight henchmen. It was like... Oh, yeah. She wiped everyone clean, like her entire past, all her previous reputations, all the iterations of her love life, her personality, they're just gone, and all you're left with is this raw Taylor who who slowly climbs up the steps free. While the other, looking back, while the other Taylor is standing with lightning just like going at her, and underneath it says burning all the witches. They're burning all the witches. They're burning all the witches. It's like this idea of the Salem witch trials where Mm -hmm. powerful and outspoken women are feared, hunted down, and killed. There must be something wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. There must be something. So that's, the media is distracted with this witch hunt, this like attempt to completely decimate Taylor's reputation but the real Taylor is free and as she walks up the steps the words are so I take my time and you kind of see her unbothered she's just she's not running she's just slowly (laughs) climbing the steps at peace finally herself and I think it's sort of a reference to you know she took an extra year to write this album she broke standard protocol and you know, yeah. waited three years. Well, she had said that her next album is going to have to be better than 1989. Yeah. So maybe the material she was getting while she was before that year just wasn't yeah, it up was to par. Boring. It, was it was boring. It was all the same. She was, She needed this drama. And, like, thank heavens the media, like, ruined her reputation because now she has all this art with yeah. which to explore oh. it. So the best part of the music video was at the very end yeah. when she's, like, looking around in awe, like, oh my gosh, oh, I'm free, I, I made it. And then you see that one tear I know, falling just a down single tear because she is human, she y'all. Is she human. has feelings. Well, do you remember when we first went over the Ready For It lyrics? 
And I had said that, okay, maybe she's telling Joe, like, are you ready for this? Right. Are you ready for this relationship? The yeah. media is going to hound us. Well, I, like, I don't, now watching this, it puts everything into perspective. You know, she's not asking Joe, are you ready for it? But she's asking herself and preparing yes. herself, like, are you ready for the games that the media and the public are going to play? Yes. And this is the first song on the yes, album. Yes, I know. It's so it's so introducing, good. like, the old Taylor is dead. Yeah, like, she's like, bye. <laughs> bye, Felicia. Yeah. This is me. Like, yes. It's just, it just starts on such a strong foot. I know. It's interesting because I think the fact that Taylor didn't give, you know, everyone what they thought it would be, which is an island breeze and like a romantic comedy. Low. Like, this is her setting the stage for her album and it's her setting the stage you know, even beyond this song. Like, you have the song, and then you have the video representation, and I think it just shows, like, how her meanings are going to continue to be deep and explore something even beyond the face value of the lyrics. Which Rolling Rolling Stone got that, you know? They say, um, Swift's way of keeping her fans guessing about her video's deeper meanings is unparalleled, which is true, obviously. Like, we are going insane No other star, I think, have I try to decode oh yeah messages. no no because they're usually you expect pop songs to be followed by pop music videos yeah. you just want the frothy pop but taylor is the master of, of pushing us to read more into things well we're older we're all mature so she's like hey my yeah. sweet deeds have proven themselves <laughs> yeah. they know how to decode this which exactly. this just came to me right now oh good the first taylor in the lineup of look what you made me do by the plane is in a cage like uh-huh. the the orange Taylor's yeah, in a yeah. cage, surrounded by eight guards. Oh yeah! In the oh. lovely video, she's in a cage. This, this theory she has lives on. Eight guards. Yes. Just saying. That's this true. theory <laughs> is making like me just think it's yes, it's right. It's real. <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's good. I mean, like I said at first, I was sort of like, oh, that's a weird music video. Yeah. And I think a lot of the general public was like, what did I just watch? I, I was like that for a second. Like, I, I don't know. understand what's going on. To be completely honest, we got a lot of these insights from Tumblr likes. Oh. And I mean, this is a group effort. We crowdsourced all this information. Yeah. But it's exciting that Taylor does put these Easter eggs for her fans. Because, yeah, she could have gone the easy route and given the world what they expect and want, which is a fun music video. Yeah. But instead, she she was like, okay. Here, you want to <laughs> you want to explore something for She's deeper meaning. Giving her meanings. fans what they really, really, really yes. want. That is more Taylor. Yes, and I think it's great because now we're not talking about like anything except what she wants us to, and that kids is how you take control of the narrative. <laughs> Honestly, there has been a weird narrative that the media has been putting out recently before the music video was dropped. Oh, are we getting to the tea time? I think it's tea time. Is it tea time? I think it's time to sip, sip, sip. (laughs) Yeah, because the teaser came out on, like, Monday, I think. Yes, Monday. And so it was shocking, like, honestly, because we didn't expect that vibe at all. Like, we all thought it'd be a Mm rom-com. But instead, it's like, whoa, Robot Taylor. And not only that, it's like naked Robot Taylor. Like a Barbie doll, but you don't see any of, like, the naughty bits. (laughs) But it was crazy the way that the 
the social media blew up around How us. did you take that? Like, when I looked at it, I didn't think anything like, oh my gosh, Taylor's like, why is she doing this? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I am so excited for this. I was just shocked. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Taylor's naked. Yeah. Like, I was, I mean, I, I obviously trust knew Taylor. she wasn't naked, but I meant like, that's like the most exposed she's ever, ever, ever been. been. Yeah. And so I was like, dang, this is like so far from the girl who wouldn't show her belly button, you mm-hmm. know? And I, and then I was like, it's yeah. It's interesting that the only thing that you can really see that makes her human in that whole portrayal is that there's a belly button. <laughs> She's so funny. So that funny. is funny. Because, yeah, I think I immediately was like, oh, more power to you, like, honestly. In this video, it wasn't, like, sexualized, but people started freaking out. Oh, yeah. Even some of our own fans were, oh, like, yeah. questioning. They were like, where is the old Taylor? Why is she so far gone the dark side? Hello, you guys. The old Taylor is dead. Yeah, it was like, Huffington Post was like, America's sweetheart no more. And a lot of outlets were like, oh, this is, look at Taylor's steamy new music video. Look at Taylor's sexy, edgy, freaky. It's Make a diss at Kanye. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think there is merit to the idea that she, you know, her body has been talked about so incessantly. Somebody and... even started a GoFundMe to oh, get yeah. her an, an ass. Yeah. Like, to that petty point. Exactly. That her body is just so picked apart. Yeah. It's like they, they just are constantly talking about it. And then you have Kanye make a nude figure of her, put her in bed and display her for the world without her consent. So I think there is definitely, like, this was Taylor taking back her body and dealing with it on her terms, you know? And I think that is empowering as a woman. It's not, it's insane that we look at Kanye doing that sort of thing as edgy and cool and like, wow, he's going to get in trouble, but like, art. But then Taylor does it and it's, oh my gosh, this is so scandalous. Like, what about the children, Taylor? (laughs) And it's just crazy, this double standard we have about female sexuality. So I'm glad she did it. And then we see what she was really wearing after the music video dropped. Yeah, because she got on... She got on an Instagram story and posted selfies. Oh my gosh, selfies of her in... She never does selfies. In the nude suit, which wasn't yes. as nude as you thought. Like, right. it, it was even like weekly <laughs> around the arms. But I'm yeah. telling you, she, she did one good. from the back. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, her body looks so great. She's not too skinny. She's not right. too fat. Like, people are going to criticize her for her body because right. she's Taylor Swift, but yeah. she's so she amazing. Good. She's and amazing. She continued to show her sense of humor because when she posted those, what she was she like, it truly warms my heart that people had so much to say about this bodysuit laughing, crying emoji. Mm. <laughs> Which is like, this just proves exactly what Taylor will be dealing with with this album because she's not going to apologize. She's not going to come out and even she talk about it. She doesn't need to apologize yeah, for anything. Exactly. She's just going to roll her eyes and laugh about how badly the media gets it over and over and over again. And I love it. You know, it's been crazy. It was a great music video, I think, oh. and a great opening track for her new reputation. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for her reputation. I know. 13 days. I know. Lucky 13. I'm curious to see how our fans like the video. Yeah. Tweet us, um, message us, email us. We are Swiftish Podcast on Instagram, Tumblr, and on Twitter. And don't forget about our Swiftish giveaway. More details on our Instagram account. But, you know, until next week, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And Taylor, we will never be ready for it. Never, ever. (laughs) 